When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We got an hour tonight to talk Lakers basketball, of course. Every Monday night we do it from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mario Ruiz doing his work with a great open. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on since the last time we did the show. Uh, now just two weeks away from Lakers uh, preseason. Literally, two weeks away from Lakers preseason starting. I don't know how Laker, feel, Laker fans feel out there, but uh, kind of starting to get excited. Getting excited to see what this team uh, certainly what they're going to look like in training camp. Um, since we last talked, Dennis Schroeder uh, is back with the Los Angeles Lakers, so uh, that, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Really kind of I'm, I'm curious the angle that the Lakers have on this one as far as having four guards in the lineup, what that does to the starting rotation, the competition that's going to be there. A um, couple other things I'm going to make sure that I hit on as well. Interesting little article. CBS did a power ranking. So they are ranking the, uh, by position, top point guards, top shooting guards. Uh, I think it's interesting where they put LeBron, where they put Anthony Davis. They had Braun as a power forward. They had Anthony Davis as a center. And then Russ, um, where he fit into that point guard role. Uh, not good news if you're Russell Westbrook. And last thing, uh, Jordan Clarkson, I thought he had some really interesting comments uh, he did an interview, and he's talking about the the old school, the youngster Lakers, what potentially would have been their ceiling and everything else. So we, we got a lot to get into. Uh, hit me up on Twitter if you guys want to be a part of the show, at Alan Sliwa. You can always call into the show, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, let's start off with this. Let's start off with uh, Dennis Schroeder. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Anytime you get a, a player coming to play with your franchise with a second go-around, we saw it obviously with Dwight Howard, Saw it with Rajon Rondo. There have been some Lakers in the past where they're part of the Lakers, and then later in their career they came back. Trevor Ariza as an example. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was here just a couple years ago, so it's not like we didn't see Dennis Schroeder recently. And, you know, initially when I saw the signing, um, a lot of questions come into my head. Um, First, let me just kind of give some of the details here. He signed a one-year deal with the Lakers, $2.64 million dollars. Do you guys remember a couple years ago, I know everybody does, that he had an opportunity to make north of $80 million with the Lakers. Uh, did not sign an extension, wanted to get to the offseason, take his chances, and we all know what happened from there. Last year, he signed a minimum with the Boston Celtics. I want to say it was around five, five and a half million dollars And this year, he comes to the Lakers as, uh, you know, another another guard that joins the team. He's coming here for two, just over $2.5 million. What the heck? Um, I think from a Laker perspective, that, that sounds like that's a great risk to take. From a Laker perspective, that's great to bring the guy back. I think his career averages 14 points, uh, around four and a half assists per game. He's been in the NBA for nine seasons. Um, so I, I think, you know, right out the gate, I don't see any risk from the Lakers of bringing Dennis Schroeder back. I haven't got a problem with it. Um, I, I know before last season, 
before we got into last season and, and Schroeder ended up signing with the Boston Celtics, I, I, there was, you know, you kind of wanted to see some changes with the roster. At least I did. I was hoping that they uh, find uh, somebody else to play the point guard role. They go out, they trade for us. We, we know what happened from there. Um, but I got no issues with Dennis Schroeder coming and play with the Lakers. My issue that I would have is I'm trying to figure out this roster. I, I, I'm just trying to be completely honest here. Trying to figure out, this is where I'm confused. You got a lot of guards. And specifically, um, I know you can characterize some of these guys and say, well, you know, is Pat Beverly really a one? Maybe he's a two. And you could say, all right, well, Kendrick Nunn, is he a one? No, he's more, he's better off ball, he's a two. A lot of these guys are, they're guards. And you got four guys now that are, what, six two, six three, and below, something along those lines. That's a head scratcher for me. That that's not something that I personally fully understand. Um, every time there's been a move this off season, I thought it's going to lead to another move. And you guys know which move I'm talking about. When they got Patrick Beverly, I was like, all right, you know what? Then uh, they got something in store. Then Russ is going to get traded, and it never happened. And Russ was there at the presser, and um, you know, at least up to this point, it seems like Russ is going to be there for training camp. He's going to be there for preseason basketball. And then last week, towards the end of the week, Dennis Schroeder signs a deal with the Lakers. You're like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, well, they they must have another deal. They must have a deal in play because why would you have four guards that size all on your roster? I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't. The only thing that I could think of is this. Patrick Beverly, they obviously wanted on this team because they wanted a vet that is a defensive guard, and he's probably the best shooter that they have right now on this Lakers team. Um, and that's just the reality based on percentages. You get the Patrick, Patrick Beverly piece. Um, the Dennis Schroeder, I get it from this perspective, he doesn't cost anything. You know, it, it really truly is for a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Had a really, really good. Uh, they just had the Euro Finals. I want to say it was uh, Spain and Germany in the Euro Finals, and he was fantastic in that. I guess he was churning a lot of heads. I want to say in that finals finals game, he put up maybe thirty points, and that Euro League is fantastic, or at least the Euro uh, Cup that they do. Um, he was fantastic in that uh, that uh, the semifinal game is where they lost to Spain. But he had 30 points. I want to say a game was played on Friday. They ended up, Germany ended up getting a bronze. And he turned a lot of heads of, hey, this guy, you know, still still can be a player in the league. And he's just 29 years old. So I get that portion of it. But the actual roster, when I look at the roster up and down, I, I can't personally figure out how Darvin Ham is going to put all these pieces together, what makes sense, what guys complement each other. And the thinking that one move is going to lead to another that hasn't happened all off season, so I'm I'm done with trying to attach. Well, maybe they got Patrick Beverly because they got a move waiting for us, or maybe they got Dennis Schroeder because there's a move out there waiting for us, or maybe this happened. I, I think you can't attach any of these together, and and that's what it's looking like now as far as where the Lakers are. Um, I do know that Dennis Schroeder does have a relationship with Darvin Ham. If you guys remember, um, the first. I want to say five years of um, Schroeder's uh, career was with the Atlanta Hawks. And Darvin Ham was an assistant coach at that time there. So I know these two have spent a lot of time together. So maybe there's that connection as well, um, that these two were you know, obviously connected. 
uh, that, I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that you know that's part of the reason why the Lakers wanted to bring him in. There was um, there was some reports out there that Schroeder was looking at. There were a couple other teams that were interested in him as well. Look for two two point six million dollars. Um, I'm sure there are t- veteran teams out there or teams that are competing. You know, hey, we'd love to have this guy as a backup or whatever the case is. I guess Toronto was interested. I guess um, what are the other teams? I think the Phoenix Suns were, were also interested. Part of the reason why he probably chose the Lakers is there's supposedly supposed to be some real competition when training camp starts, some real competition when um, when preseason starts, and no one's technically guaranteed anything. And it, whether that means Dennis Schroeder comes off the bench or he finds his way to be in the starting lineup, I don't have the answer for you. Um, but I feel like this is going to be a little bit different than it has been in the past or at least different last year. Last year, you felt like the the, the script was already written. Hey, Russ is coming to the Lakers. Of course, he's going to be the starter. And, of course, you kind of figure out the rest of the guys, but you kind of had a pretty good idea of what the lineup was going to be. And there, I, I don't know if, if the best way to describe is I didn't feel like Frank Vogel – maybe felt the pressure of, I got to play Russ. I got to make sure Russ is the game. Can we not have Russ be a storyline that I took him out of the game, I benched him, I didn't start him? Did it happen occasionally throughout the season? It did, but it was, he, he for the most part was in that starting lineup. Um, this kind of leads me to my next point. So Ramona Shelburne, uh, who's literally one of the best, if not the best in the industry, um, she was on and they were doing, I want to say this was on NBA uh NBA Today, and there's a quote I'm going to read, and and I I don't know if I fully agree with Ramona on this one. Now, she is truly, truly an insider. She has sources, and she's, like I said, she's the best in the business. But I I think the quote I'm about to read um, about Russ being the starting point guard for the Lakers, her quote was, he's a former MVP. He's given that respect. I think this year might be different. And I, by the way, I'm not saying that Russ is not going to start the season by starting this year. But there are a couple of things I think come into play that is different this season than it was a year ago. Let, let me start off with this. A year ago, um, you had to have Russ a part of your starting lineup. And it wasn't like there were all these many better options that the Lakers can go somewhere else. That's number one. Number two, uh, most of the season, Anthony Davis wasn't even in, what, Anthony Davis missed 40-something games. I want to say 42 games when the dust settled. Braun didn't even hit that threshold to potentially win the scoring title, so he played about 50, 50 50-something games. Your two other stars, it's not like they were playing 75 games each. So I think there were a lot of games where Russ was actually the more consistent one of just being available. That's number one. Number two, I'll, I'll never forget this, that to start the season, or Darvin Ham in his press conference when he first came in. And then Darvin Ham even recently when Patrick Beverly got introduced with the Lakers. Remember, uh, both of them talked. Patrick Beverly and Darvin Ham talked. And somebody had asked a question. I apologize. I forget off the top of my head who asked the question. But the question was proposed. Do you see those two as your backcourt? Patrick Beverly and, and Russ. And I remember Darvin Ham saying, if they play defense. Well, if they play defense, he's not talking about Patrick Beverly. That's why you went out and got Patrick Beverly. Um, and there are there the conversation was only about Patrick Beverly and Russ. So he's obviously talking about Russ. I don't think Darvin Ham has any of the pressure 
of what Frank Vogel had a year ago to where you have to you make you got to make sure that Russ is happy. I don't and and I'm not singling out Russ. I'm talking about just in general. It's not common to have four guards like the Lakers do, like Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, and Dennis Schroeder. It's not common. You don't usually see that. And it's not like these are big wing or big guards, and you, you know you kind of figure it out. Well, that, yeah, that guy's a guard, but he's six five or he's six six. Or yeah, that guy's a guard, but he also shoots forty five percent from the three point line. You can make exceptions to the rule, but that's not common. And part of the thing that I believe that is different this year. Then last year in the playoff of Ramona's uh, comment that he's a former MVP, he's given that respect. I think this year there will be a little bit of a competition of who gets, maybe it's not the starting role, but it's it's minutes. It's five minutes left in the game. I can't tell you if Dennis Schroeder's having a good game and Patrick Beverly are having a good game, just using those two guys as examples, that Darvin Ham's going to say, no, I'm going to keep these guys in. Or if Austin Reeves and Kendrick Nunn are killing it for the Lakers through the first three three quarters, three quarters plus, and Darvin Ham doesn't say, I'm closing the game with those two guys. Um, I'm using that as an example because... I don't think we're. Com- I don't think last year and this year are apples to apples. I really don't. I think that there is much more flexibility for Darvin Ham. He's in the first year of his contract. He's not going to have to worry about the same things that um, that Vogel I uh, felt like was pressured into, or Vogel was just trying to make good with what you know. You you. This is a future Hall of Famer. This is somebody that. Um, has won an MVP that you're trying to accommodate to him, I don't think Darvin Ham is going to have to do the same. Um, what I have not got a chance to do, and I always want to make sure I do this, especially on Lakers Talk, and I know we're getting closer to the season starting, so uh, it's going to be exciting to have a lot of different things to uh, to get into. Um, I want to open it up to Laker fans. So if you're out driving around, you're listening on the ESPN LA app, by the way, great way to uh, tune into Lakers Talk and to tune into 710. Um, what are your thoughts? Dennis Schroeder back with the Lakers. What are your thoughts on Ramona, who says that as far as uh, Russ being the starting point guard this upcoming season, he's a former MVP. He's given that respect. Uh, 877-710-ESPN. I'll take some of your phone calls when we come back. I want to read a couple of tweets. Um, Plus, Brian Windhorst had uh, an interesting – let's just say he had some strong words of describing the Lakers' offseason signings. We'll get into that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Um, first, let me just kind of give some of the details here. He signed a one-year deal with the Lakers. 
$2.64 million. Do you guys remember a couple years ago, I know everybody does, that he had an opportunity to make north of $80 million with the Lakers. Uh, did not sign an extension, wanted to get to the offseason, take his chances, and we all know what happened from there. Last year, he signed a minimum with the Boston Celtics. I want to say it was around five, five and a half million dollars. And this year, he comes to the Lakers as, uh, you know, another another guard that joins the team. He's coming here for two, just over two and a half million dollars. What the heck? Um, I think from a Laker perspective, that, that sounds like that's a great risk to take. From a Laker perspective, that's great to bring the guy back. I think his career averages 14 points, uh, around four and a half assists per game. He's been in the NBA for nine seasons. Um, so I, I think, you know, right out the gate, I don't see any risk from the Lakers of bringing Dennis Schroeder back. I haven't got a problem with it. Um, I, I know before last season, before we got into last season and, and Schroeder ended up signing with the Boston Celtics, I, I, there was, you know, you kind of wanted to see some changes with the roster. At least I did. I was hoping that they, uh, find, uh, somebody else to play the point guard role. They go out, they trade for us. We, we know what happened from there. Um, but I got no issues with Dennis Schroeder coming play with the Lakers. My issue that I would have is I'm trying to figure out this roster. I, I, I'm just trying to be completely honest here. Trying to figure out – this is where I'm confused. You got a lot of guards. And, and specifically, um, I know you can characterize some of these guys and say, well, you know, is Pat Beverly really a one? Maybe he's a two. And you could say, all right, well, Kendrick Nunn, is he a one? No, he's more. He's better off ball. He's a two. A lot of these guys are – they're guards. And you got four guys now that are, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and below, something along those lines. That's a head-scratcher for me. That That's not something that I personally fully understand. Um, every time there's been a move this offseason, I thought it's going to lead to another move. And you guys know which move I'm talking about. When they got Patrick Beverly, I was like, all right, you know what? Then uh, they got something in store. Then Russ is going to get traded. And it never happened. And Russ was there at the presser. And, um, you know, at least up to this point, it seems like Russ is going to be there for training camp. He's going to be there for preseason basketball. And then last week, towards the end of the week, Dennis Schroeder signs a deal with the Lakers. You're like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, well, they they must have another deal. They must have a deal in play because why would you have four guards that size all on your roster? I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't. The only thing that I could think of is this. Patrick Beverly, they obviously wanted on this team because they wanted a vet that is a defensive guard, and he's probably the best shooter that they have right now on this Lakers team. Um, and that's just the reality based on percentages. You get the Patrick, Patrick Beverly piece. Um, the Dennis Schroeder, I get it from this perspective, he doesn't cost anything. You know, it, it really truly is for a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Had a really, really good. Uh, they just had the Euro Finals. I want to say it was uh, Spain and Germany in the Euro Finals, and he was fantastic in that. I guess he was churning a lot of heads. I want to say in that finals finals game, he put up maybe 30 points, and that Euro League is fantastic, or at least the Euro uh, Cup that they do. Um, he was fantastic in that uh, that uh, the semifinal game is where they lost to Spain. But he had 30 points. I want to say a game was played on Friday. They ended up, Germany ended up getting a bronze. And he turned a lot of heads of, hey, this guy, you know, still still can be a player in the league. And he's just 29 years old. So I get that portion of it. But the actual roster, when I look at the roster up and down, I, I can't personally figure out 
how Darvin Ham is going to put all these pieces together, what makes sense, what guys complement each other, and the thinking that one move is going to lead to another, that hasn't happened all offseason. So I'm, I'm done with trying to attach. Well, maybe they got Patrick Beverly because they got a move waiting for Russ, or maybe they got Dennis Schroeder because there's a move out there waiting for Russ, or maybe this happened. I think you can't attach any of these together. And and that's what it's looking like now as far as where the Lakers are. Um, I do know that Dennis Schroeder does have a relationship with Darvin Ham. If you guys remember, um, the first, I want to say, five years of um, Schroeder's uh, career was with the Atlanta Hawks. And Darvin Ham was an assistant coach at that time there. So I know these two have spent a lot of time together. So maybe there's that connection as well. Um, that these two were, you know, obviously connected. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that, you know, that's part of the reason why the Lakers wanted to bring him in. There was um, there was some reports out there that Schroeder was looking at. There were a couple other teams that were interested in him as well. Look for two and two point six million dollars. Um, I'm sure there are t- veteran teams out there, or teams that are competing. You know, hey, we'd love to have this guy as a backup or whatever the case is. I guess Toronto was interested. I guess um, what are the other teams? I think the Phoenix Suns were, were also interested. Part of the reason why he probably chose the Lakers is there's supposedly supposed to be some real competition when training camp starts, some real competition when um, when preseason starts, and no one's technically guaranteed anything. And it, whether that means Dennis Schroeder comes off the bench or he finds his way to be in the starting lineup, I don't have the answer for you. Um, but I feel like... This is going to be a little bit different than it has been in the past, or at least different last year. Last year, you felt like the 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 script was already written. Hey, Russ is coming to the Lakers. Of course, he's going to be the starter. And, of course, you kind of figure out the rest of the guys, but you kind of had a pretty good idea of what the lineup was going to be. And there, I, I don't know if, if the best way to describe is I didn't feel like Frank Vogel – maybe felt the pressure of, I got to play Russ. I got to make sure Russ is the game. Can we not have Russ be a storyline that I took him out of the game, I benched him, I didn't start him? Did it happen occasionally throughout the season? It did, but it was he, he for the most part, was in that starting lineup. Um, this kind of leads me to my next point. So Ramona Shelburne, uh, who's literally one of the best, if not the best in the industry, um, she was on and they were doing, I want to say this was on NBA uh, – NBA today and there's a quote I'm going to read and and I I don't know if I fully agree with Ramona on this one now she is truly truly an insider she has sources and she's like I said she's the best in the business but I I think the quote I'm about to read um, about Russ being the starting point guard for the Lakers her quote was he's a former MVP he's given that respect I think this year might be different and I, by the way, I'm not saying that Russ is not going to start the season by starting this year. But there are a couple things I think come into play that is different this season than it was a year ago. Let, let me start off with this. A year ago, um, you had to have Russ a part of your starting lineup. And it wasn't like there were all these many better options that the Lakers can go somewhere else. That's number one. Number two, uh, most of the season, Anthony Davis wasn't even in, what, Anthony Davis missed 40-something games. I want to say 42 games when the dust settled. Braun didn't even hit that threshold to potentially win the scoring title, so he played about 50, 50 50-something games. 
your two other stars, it's not like they were playing 75 games each. So I think there were a lot of games where Russ was actually the more consistent one of just being available. That's number one. Number two, I'll never forget this, that to start the season, or Darvin Ham in his press conference when he first came in, and then Darvin Ham even recently when Patrick Beverly got introduced with the Lakers. Remember, uh, both of them talked. Patrick Beverly and Darvin Ham talked. And somebody had asked a question. I apologize. I forget off the top of my head who asked the question. But the question was proposed, do you see those two as your backcourt, Patrick Beverly and, and Russ? And I remember Darvin Ham saying, if they play defense, well, if they play defense, he's not talking about Patrick Beverly. That's why you went out and got Patrick Beverly. Um, and there are there the conversation was only about Patrick Beverly and Russ. So he's obviously talking about Russ. I don't think Darvin Ham has any of the pressure of what Frank Vogel had a year ago, to where you have to you make you got to make sure that Russ is happy. I don't and and I'm not singling out Russ. I'm talking about just in general. It's not common to have four guards like the Lakers do, like Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, and Dennis Schroeder. It's not common. You don't usually see that. And it's not like these are big wing or big guards and you, you know you kind of figure it out. Well, that, yeah, that guy's a guard, but he's 6'5", or he's 6'6". Or, yeah, that guy's a guard, but he also shoots 45% from the three-point line. You can make exceptions to the rule, but that's not common. And part of the thing that I believe that is different this year then last year in the playoff of Ramona's uh, comment that he's a former MVP, he's given that respect. I think this year there will be a little bit of a competition of who gets, maybe it's not the starting role, but it's it's minutes, it's five minutes left in the game. I can't tell you if Dennis Schroeder's having a good game and Patrick Beverly are having a good game, just using those two guys as examples, that Darvin Ham's going to say, no, I'm going to keep these guys in. Or if Austin Reeves and Kendrick Nunn are killing it for the Lakers through the first three three quarters, three quarters plus, and Darvin Ham doesn't say, I'm closing the game with those two guys. Um, I'm using that as an example because... I don't think we're. Com- I don't think last year and this year are apples to apples. I really don't. I think that there is much more flexibility for Darvin Ham. He's in the first year of his contract. He's not going to have to worry about the same things that um, that Vogel uh, I felt like was pressured into, or Vogel was just trying to make good with what you know. You you. This is a future Hall of Famer. This is somebody that. Um, has won an MVP that you're trying to accommodate to him, I don't think Darvin Ham is going to have to do the same. Um, what I have not got a chance to do, and I always want to make sure I do this, especially on Lakers Talk, and I know we're getting closer to the season starting, so uh, it's going to be exciting to have a lot of different things to uh, to get into. Um, I want to open it up to Laker fans. So if you're out driving around, you're listening on the ESPN LA app, by the way, great way to uh, tune into Lakers Talk and to tune into 710. Um, what are your thoughts? Dennis Schroeder back with the Lakers. What are your thoughts on Ramona, who says that as far as uh, Russ being the starting point guard this upcoming season, he's a former MVP. He's given that respect. Uh, 877-710-ESPN. I'll take some of your phone calls when we come back. I want to read a couple of tweets. Um, plus, Brian Windhorst had uh, an interesting, let's just say he had some strong words of describing the Lakers offseason signings. We'll get into that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk. On 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so we're uh, talking about the signing of Dennis Schroeder. We're talking about um, if the Lakers will feel pressure on starting Russ. Four guards now in the rotation. How are the Lakers going to balance that? Uh, hopefully this season Kendrick Nunn um, is healthy. He's ready to go, and he actually has an impact. Dennis Schroeder signs for $2.6 million. Uh, Patrick Beverly, obviously the Lakers traded THT and, uh, and Stanley Johnson for. So uh, a few of these guys I think there's a, some real curiosity about, and you know whether things change on the Russ front, we'll have to wait and see until uh, the season starts. Um, let me grab a couple phone calls here, and then uh, and then I want to get into a couple other topics as well. I want to play that sound from Brian Windhorse. Uh, let's go to Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, what's going on? Hey, man, am I coming through? I'm in a bad patch here. Can you hear me okay? I got you, buddy. You're good. Hello? Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, here's the thing, man. Uh, in regards to what Ramona said, I, I don't care what his status was. This is the Lakers. This is now. He and LeBron are oil and water. I have said this from the get-go. Stop putting him on the floor with LeBron. Make him a sixth man. Give him his own squad and say, Russ, don't change your stripes. You go, you go be Russ. And you know what might happen? You might see a very, very productive Russell Westbrook. And that's that. Then just, just stop with the square peg in the round hole. It ain't going to work. And as far as Dennis Schroeder, I'm happy he's there. Why? Because he's the perfect complement for LeBron. Solomon, thank you for calling in, buddy. Appreciate it. Well, the uh, let me go to this. On the, on the Russ portion, when him and LeBron are playing together, I remember this uh, during the exit meetings. When was this? Exit means I think was April. Last Laker game was April 10th. That's a game they're up in Denver. Game goes to overtime or something. Lakers avoid basically a 50 loss season. They end up at 33 and 49. And um, exit interview. LeBron is talking. And actually, I asked him the 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 question of what happened. How come you know you AD and and Russ? Do you feel like? Uh, what, what do you feel didn't work, or why do you think it didn't jive, or whatever the case is? And Bron said that we played 21 games together. And I've heard that before. I've heard that a lot. I, what is it, 11 and 10, 10, 11, whatever they were. We only played 21 games together. And he was using as an example, he's like, in high school, I played 27 games. I had more continuity or experience with my high school teammates than I did with AD and Russ. point he was trying to make is a fourth of the season – that's all they got to play together. I, I get that case. I get how people were trying to make that argument. But I also felt like you saw enough to know that, no, this just doesn't they, This doesn't jive well. It just doesn't. And, and it's not 
I don't know if, you know, I know we're always going to point fingers and we say it's this person's fault, that person's fault. That's just part of our job, and it's part of the job of the front office to try to obviously make trades where it's not just what does it look like on paper. Do these people connect? Do they play well? Do they complement each other's games? I never bought into the, well, we only played 21 games together. Um, I don't think that was the issue. I think more of the issue just had, and Solomon was pointing it out, is some people just don't fit as far as, you know, fitting together, and that was the case last year. Uh, Let's take another call here. Jonathan in Temecula. Jonathan, what's going on? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, man. Keep up the great work. Um, What's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Got you, bud. Okay, yeah, my question is, or my thing about Dennis Schroeder, I think it's going to work in the second unit. Dennis Schroeder brings toughness. I feel like he has unfinished business with Anthony Davis and LeBron. And real quick, too, about Russ Westbrook going to the bench. He's not going to do it. I'm just keeping it real, like I do on my podcast. He's he's not going to keep it. He's not going to go to the bench. You know, he's more of a starter, and and I think Darnham's going to get the best out of Westbrook as a starter than the bench role. John, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. So, two things on that. Um, so I was I, I was I find it interesting when let let's let's play out this scenario. Season starts, and Darvin Ham asks Russ, "Hey." Uh, we need you coming off the bench. And we need you coming off the bench because we like these five together and we want you to run that second unit and that's going to allow you to be kind of, what you could say, a little bit more like yourself. When you were in OKC and Kevin Durant wasn't there and you could push the tempo and you're going to run through these backup point guards that are in the NBA. Let's just use that as an example that Darvin Ham, maybe it's in the beginning of the season, maybe it's 10 games in, throws out that scenario to Russ. And Russ says... No, not interested. Tell me what leg Russ has to stand on this year to tell Darvin Ham that he's not interested in taking a different type of role that's in the the best interest of the team. What leg does he have to stand on? What uh, what um, what leverage does Russ have to have those? Con- Russ is on the final year of his contract. He's due forty seven million dollars. Russ has been a conversation all year that the Lakers would have to give up potentially two first-rounders, take contracts that leak into their cap space for next year, all to just get rid of Russ. Think about that for a second. Think about what I just said, that a former MVP, a future Hall of Famer, stage of his career where it takes that much just to unload Russ in his contract. I don't think he's got leverage. To go on what Jonathan just said, if a scenario like that plays out this year, and Russ is asked to come off the bench, and it's in the best interest of the team. You know what's in the best interest of Russ? To come off the bench. Because if he sends the signal around the, to the Lakers and to the NBA, I got no interest, you know what, I'm not doing this, I'm a starter, or what, blah, 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 all that stuff that could come with it. And I'm not telling you Russ is going to do that. Um, what does this do for his opportunities next year? What does this do for his opportunities for the future part of his career, what does this do for it just kind of closes it and closes it and makes it smaller and smaller. I think it would uh, – I, I, whether he does it or not, I think whatever Darvin Ham wants to do, he should do it, period. Point blank, first year of his contract, first year as a Lakers head coach, whatever he thinks is the best interest of the team, best interest of the team, he should do it. Um, and that, that's a scenario that could play out or, uh, or could potentially not. I thought this was interesting. As we um, as we keep kind of rolling in part of this conversation, uh, Brian Windhorse, 
who is one of my favorite guys at ESPN. He comes on Lakers talk. What is it? I probably have him on once a month. He's always nice enough, nice enough to make time. Take a listen to this. He is giving his outlook, and let's just say pretty strong words, on the Lakers offseason signings. Take a listen. So you're looking at all these guys who don't shoot the ball well in a, in a league where shooting is not only at a premium, but for the last 15 years in this league, every team that's had LeBron James, it's shooting, 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 shooting. Right. And their best shooter amongst all these guys is Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't played in a year, and we don't even know how healthy he's going to be at the start of the season. I just do not believe, and this can be used as receipts later. You can use this against me, I guess, <laughs> Lakers. Yeah. I don't believe that the basketball people in this organization believe that this is a group that's actually going to work. Mm. I just don't believe it. I don't believe, you know, I think they took a guy here who they think is a good value at a minimum contract, and they thought, we're going to do some major makeover here, and eventually it'll make sense. So I will just say, I will wait till it makes sense, but right now it does not. All right, that's Brian Windhorst talking about the Lakers signings this offseason. I kind of started the, the, the beginning of my show talking about this, that I don't really know what to do with four guards. I don't really know what, what the strategy is with what the Lakers are doing here. And I like what Brian Windhorst said right there. He said, look, you might keep this as a potential receipt down the road if it does work out. I'm going to tell a quick story because there was a time um, I remember when the Lakers made that trade for Anthony Davis and they gave up what they gave up. ton of picks, pick swaps, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Alonzo Ball, Josh Hart, you name it, the Lakers were shipping it out to try to go get Anthony Davis. And I had Brian Windhorst on. I want to say this happened on like a Saturday afternoon, and I call into the station. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm around downtown. Can I can I come on and talk about this Lakers trade? And, you know, the answer was go do your thing. So I'm out there, and I'm, I'm talking about the Lakers trade, taking a lot of calls, blah, blah, blah. And Brian Windhorst, nice enough, he gets on. And Windhorst – Slam the trade. I've never seen a team give up as much as the Lakers came up, gave up. Draft compensa- compensation, the swaps, the young players that they gave. And I always remember that because, you know, at the time I'm like, damn, you know, he scared me for a second there. I'm like, geez, you know, maybe the Lakers did give up too much. Maybe this wasn't the smartest trade. Maybe it wasn't the smartest, but blah, blah, blah. Well, what happens? Lakers end up winning an NBA championship. You know, I, I would say partially of what he said was, okay, I see where he was coming from. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you cash in a championship, I don't want to hear anything after that. Now, if Lakers never won a championship and um, and AD has been out as much as he has the last two years and you've lost all your draft picks and you don't have a chip to show for it, that's a different conversation. But they cashed in. So I like, I like Windhorse saying right there, hey, if you want to keep this as a receipt, Keep it, because maybe you know, maybe things do work out for the Lakers. I can't really argue with his point there. He's not wrong with the the one thing I like that the Lakers did this offseason. I like that they got younger. I like that that strategy last year, which was go get so many veterans. But we're talking veterans that are way past their prime. This year they went out and got youngsters. And whether Darvin Ham could use some of these guys, I, I know ultimately it's going to come down to, is Anthony Davis, is he healthy, is he not healthy, how many games is he going to play? That's what it's ultimately going to lead to for the Lakers. But um, I thought that quote, or I thought that uh, I thought that sound for Brian Windhorst was interesting, and it made me think immediately of back in the day when uh, that happened with the Lakers. Okay, I, I got a little fresh, uh, refresher that I want to do here. And this is going to be simply because we're talking about that trade happened with Anthony Davis. See, or... Jordan Clarkson um, had a comment. By the way, Jordan Clarkson could very well end up being a Los Angeles Laker again. We'll see what eventually happens. He had a comment. I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, He was on – 
Was he on Complex? Yeah, he was on Complex. Sat down with Complex talking about the Jazz, and the conversation came up about the youngster, the, the young Lakers, and if they ever would have won a championship together. Um, I want to spend some time. I, I actually really, really like his comments that he had, and it makes me think of you know what the Lakers could have been if they if they stayed with that young core, and you know obviously where they sit today. We're gonna do that when we come back. If you guys want to be a part of the show, eight seven 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 ten ESPN. I still also want to get into the rankings. CBS did their rankings, uh, CBS Sports by position, uh, where Bron lo- where Bron is, where AD and where Russ is. Kind of crazy to think that one on Russ. Uh, we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It feels good here, Laker fans. Getting closer here. Getting closer to Lakers basketball. Um, so, <laughs> this is, i got to read this quote. This kind of takes me back to the days, all right? back in the days. So, there was um, uh, Complex interview Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson's name's been coming up a lot and been coming up a lot around the Lakers. I don't want to go through, you know, over the week there's been more potential deals, Lakers with the Jazz and Russ. Um, there was a potential four-team deal that was going to go down, and the Lakers would have got, I think it was Terry Rozier and Bogdanovich. And we've been hearing that for four months, so I don't really want to go into all that. But Jordan Clarkson had a quote, and I bring him up because, A, he's a former Laker. B, this is a top back the Lakers. And C, Clarkson, his name keeps coming up that, you know, potentially if the Lakers do make a move, maybe Clarkson comes back to the Lakers. I want to read this quote. And he was talking about the Lakers' young core. He says, I don't think it was ever going to work with all of us being there. I see the tweets and all that stuff. We probably wouldn't have brought a championship back to them or none of that. He's talking about bringing a championship back to the Lakers. You know, I I, I look back at uh, – it, it's interesting to see Brandon Ingram thriving with the Pelicans. Fun watching him play. It's interesting to see D'Angelo Russell – um, helped take the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs and put up a good fight against the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. And, and what's going to happen? Where's Minnesota going to go from here? Julius Randle has made a name for himself. Not that he's you know uh, going to compete for an MVP, but he's got his role in the NBA of how he plays. Jordan Clarkson has a great role. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's a sixth man of the year. He's a fantastic player that comes off the bench, knows his role. Goes in, you know, kind of almost reminds you, uh, not exactly like this, but every time you think of six men, you think of guys like Jamal Crawford. You think guys, just go get buckets. Uh, they get in the game and, and they could go to work. Um, think about the days of just some of the role players, Larry Nance, uh, Josh Hart, uh, Zubats. There's a number of different players. Uh, Lonzo Ball, of course, with the Chicago Bulls now. There's a, a, a ton of players that came out that Laker group and now are obviously representing other teams. I love what Clarkson said right here because I think what Clarkson said, there's so much truth, so much truth too. Clarkson basically saying that um, he sees all the tweets, he sees some of the rumors and the chatters, but if that crew stayed together, we probably don't bring a championship back to L.A. 
I'm a, I, I, every city and every franchise has a different way of building a championship. You can do it the way um, the Lakers have done it in the past, where they depend on the brand, they depend on the market, they depend on um, the exposure that comes with the Los Angeles Lakers, and they're able to go sign free agents. I'll get into the draft picks in just a second. Or maybe you do it the way the uh, – I don't want to pick the Golden State Warriors because the Warriors really have had a just a beautiful combination of everything in figuring out a way to be as dominant as they've been over the last eight years or so. But there's other teams out there. The Oklahoma City Thunder were obviously competing, and the way they were doing it is they were just purely drafting. And then when they decided, okay, KD, Russ, these guys are gone. They traded James Harden obviously early on. Now they're completely back in the rebuilding mode, and they're just depending on all draft picks. However you get there, every franchise is different. There's not one way to go compete for an NBA championship. Um, Those guys, none of them, none of these players, Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, Lonzo Ball, go down the list. Tell me that alpha in that group. Tell me that player that you thought, oh, no, no, that's the best player by far, and all these other guys compliment that guy, or those are the two best players, or that guy's got a chance to go win an MVP. You just didn't have that in any of those players. I don't know if you guys remember this. Lakers took Lonzo, number two pick. Tatum went three. Um, I want to say the year, uh, what was, Carl Anthony Towns went before D'Angelo, I think. Ben Simmons, I think, went before Ingram. Something like that. You know, you just kind of naming off some of these younger players. And then, of course, there's players that fall deeper and, you know, you're looking at their potential MVP players that fall later. That team did not have, even if they stuck together, and you're you're talking to somebody who's a proponent. Man, I love, love watching teams that grow their own crop. I love watching teams. That's why I'm watching the Hulu Showtime I haven't seen the last one, but the one before, a lot of it was about Kobe and Shaq. And I always remember in 1996, what did the Lakers do? It was a combination of both. It was going to lure Shaquille O'Neal from the Orlando Magic, the most dominant big men, um, arguably, to ever play the game. They went and ripped him away from the Orlando Magic, but they drafted Kobe Bryant in a trade, gave up Vlade. Uh, they drafted Derek Fisher. There was a perfect combination. They traded for Robert Ori. There was a perfect combination of your own guys and then also players that you were able to go out there and get. And then went and got, you know, obviously the Brian Shaws of the world and Rick Fox and everybody else. But there was a perfect hybrid. There is no, in that group right there, uh, there was no Steph Curry. There was no... Jason Tatum, if you want to use that as an example. There was no Kevin Durant when the Oklahoma City Thunder drafted. And I think that has a lot to do with why the Lakers, you know, obviously decide, like, look, this is, these guys are they're nice. You know, if you kept them for 10 years together, maybe they can make a run. Maybe they could be incredibly competitive. But the Lakers don't have to build the way other teams do, where they're building completely through the draft. And when I saw that quote, I saw Clarkson's quote right there, it made me immediately think of, first off, I think he's 100% right. No, I don't think the Lakers would be competing for a championship uh, or they wouldn't win a championship, number one. And number two, you really got to look at you know, teams that do eventually win. Um, where's your star? And, and out of that entire group, I always thought Brandon Ingram was the best in that group. I keep forgetting about Kuzma. But I always thought Brandon Ingram was the best of that entire group. 
the chances of Ingram, who was an all-star, I think an all-star, part of the all-star reserves um, last season, the chance of him being an all-star year in and year out, it's not bad. But the chances of him being a real superstar, uh, I, I wouldn't buy that. It's nothing wrong with Brandon Ingram. I'm a fan of his game. He could play both ways. He's got great length, the whole thing. But Brandon Ingram wasn't going to carry you to go do something along those lines. There was no Steph Curry in that crop. And even Draymond Green, arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. Klay Thompson scored 37 points in a freaking quarter. And we know Klay is a, is a, a marksman like no tomorrow. So there's, kind of, there's a combination of so many different things to win an NBA championship. And not everybody has to do it the same. Clarkson, I think, was right on in those comments about um, probably wouldn't uh, have won a championship for the Lakers. So how about this? Uh, CBS did a they did a ranking. They are ranking um, players by position, if I'm correct. Yeah, players by position. And they're <laughs> look, they're uh, very simple how this works. It's kind of it's a little confusing in the sense that you know they're putting Braun as a power forward. Uh, they're putting Anthony Davis as a center. Okay, sometimes you're going to see AD predominantly play the floor four. Braun a lot of times going to play the three. But anyways, we'll just take it for what it is and and how they uh, how they rank these guys. So let me start here with LeBron James. Braun they ranked him number three as far as power forwards go in the NBA. Number three. Okay. Well, who's in front of him? This isn't a, a surprise or a shock, nor should it be. Um, in front of him, they put Giannis, and they put uh, Kevin Durant, and then LeBron comes in at number three, and going into his 20th season, still ridiculous, the guy, what is he, 30 points a game, eight rebounds a game, probably seven dimes, whatever he had last season. No real, I, I think, shock there, at least from my opinion. Center position, I don't think there was too much of a shock on this one, too. Um, they put... I'm gonna get the full list here. Number one, they put um, they put Jokic. Okay. Number two, they put Joel Embiid, and number three, they put Anthony Davis. I think that's properly rated, right? No one's gonna make an argument right now that Anthony Davis is in front of Embiid or is in front of Jokic. The only argument you make is are you putting him at the four? Or are you put him at the five? But it's irrelevant because even if he was at the four, you're gonna put KD before him. You're also gonna put. Um, you're going to put Giannis before him as well. So they put him at number three. And just to kind of, you know, they go Bears after that. I think they have Bam Adebayo's after that. So they, I, I think Anthony Davis is properly rated. Now, a lot of this is going to come down to Anthony Davis's health, and we'll see what happens from there. Now, this is the one that's interesting. They did point guards. So just straight point guards. These are the top 22 players from a point guard position. Um it's safe to say that Russ is not going to be in your top 10. This is their ranking. They put Jamal Murray at number 10. Let me read off some of these names because uh, this just kind of shows you how quick things have changed with Russ over this last year. They put Shea Gilgis Alexander at number 11. You putting Shea there? Uh, sounds good to me. Fred Van Fleet at number 12. Cool. Darius Garland, what a breakout year he had. Was it over 20 points, eight assists a game? Uh, Cleveland makes the playoffs. He was fantastic. Ben Ben Simmons at number 14. This one I'm a little confused of. Don't you have to want to play and to play to be a part of this ranking? Let's keep going down the list. LaMelo Ball, Cade Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons, C.J. McCollum at number 17, Marcus Smart at number 18, 
Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, De'Aaron Fox at number 22. Uh, Laker fans, Russ isn't even on the list. They ranked the top 22 point guards in the NBA, and Russ couldn't make the top 22 list of the CBS ranking. And I got to be honest with you. If you told me today, hey, do you want De'Aaron Fox or do you want Russ? Of course I'm taking De'Aaron Fox. You want Jalen Brunson or are you taking Russ? I'm taking Jalen Brunson. Do you want Tyrese Halliburton? Do you want Tyrese Maxey? Do you want Marcus Smart? Do you want C.J. McCollum? I don't think any of us are arguing. And I, listen, I didn't. I didn't do the top ten. Why? Why would I do the top ten? There's not a conversation there. Steph and Luca and John Moran and Dame and Trey Young and Chris Paul, James Hart. There's no conversation there. But the top twenty-two, and Russ doesn't get on that list. You know, initially when you see it, and Funches was putting together some ideas for the show, and he said, "Have you looked at this?" I'm like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." And he goes, well, "Why don't you look at where Russ is at?" I'm like, okay, I'll take a look. Yeah, I'm I'm starting at like 10 or 11. I'm starting to go up, and I'm like, okay, no, 15. All right, Russ, not there. Uh, hey, Funch, where's Russ at? Yeah, he's not on the list. And I start looking at these individual players. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'd put him on the list either. I mean, listen, I said Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is – I'm probably the only one that still is kind of a fan of Ben Simmons. I hate how the last year obviously played out. I wish the guy showed up to work and decided that I'm going to you know, give it a shot. Uh, anyways, we'll just leave that alone for now. But a lot of those players that are on that list, I don't think there's any hesitation that you would take over Russ at this stage of his career. Um, uh, coming off last season the way last season went – it just kind of puts it in perspective that we're all kind of sitting around and we're trying to figure out um, what position, what player is going to take this, what player is going to take that, and then you see that list. And I think it really actually kind of puts some stuff into perspective. Um, okay, a couple things I want to get into when we come back. So, number one, the NBA is looking to change their draft eligibility so this could uh, this would take instead of having to do instead of having to get into the league one year you got to play some type of pro sports whether it's Euro or the G League thing that they do um, or it's um, you know playing in college it looks like that's about to change um, so I'm gonna spend a, I want to spend a little time on that because I, I think it has this might have some interesting effects it might have some interesting um, at least for me a ripple effect of how this affects college basketball and then also how it affects the NBA. And then plus your phone calls. If you want to give any thoughts, what we've got into so far, if you have thoughts on Dennis Schroeder joining the Lakers, um, if you have thoughts on if Russ should come off the bench for the Lakers or do you think because of what he's done in the past, he still should be in the starting lineup. Uh, and then if you have any idea, if you have any uh, thoughts on Russ being uh, not being ranked in that top 22 of CBS's ranking for point guards. You could do that as well. 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710-ESPN.